1: This is The Rich Eisen Show. You were
2: bald
3: before Trey Young made it cool. You were a pioneer. You are an OG of baldness. Now all the kids are doing it. It's true. Live
4: from The Rich Eisen Show studio
5: in Los Angeles. Trey's going to be one of us. He's there. Young, pound for pound,
1: is the best bald athlete in the world. (laughs) whole <laughs> trade earlier on the show host of the dan patrick show dan patrick espn college basketball analyst jay billis coming up baseball hall of famer tom glavin and now it's rich eisen
5: hour number three of the rich eisen show on the air we just had jay billis in studio hour number two and breaking news from the rich eisen show Jay and I solved the problems of college sports. It's all over. Send a missive to Indianapolis. It's done. Um, We'll just put a white paper out, and we'll figure this thing out.
6: More importantly, where do we send the invoice, Rich? Because R.E.S. Consulting. R.E.S. Consulting. Consulting. Well, I
5: mean, it should be a hefty six-figure fee at least, or seven-figure fee, because, you know, they're made of money.
1: Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. We can
5: stick them like that.
1: I have a logo ready to go. What's the logo? (laughs) Oh,
5: I mean... That's the running man. It's the Rich well, Eisen Show logo. Exactly. I mean, that's it. That's it. you said it in a way that he was. No, you no, no, no no no, 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 I wasn't no. my own no. Oh, okay. On. I was talking
4: rich.
1: We got the logo ready to
6: go.
5: Oh, I thought you made I thought you
6: oh, said thought you, right. okay, oh, you no. yeah, yeah. had I, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, I thought you said, yeah, dance that logo over here. Come on, Spider. I thought you said
1: No, I meant the running man. We yeah, got the logo. Right. We're in.
5: You know, I mean if what he's saying is accurate, and I trust him, and I think he knows what he's talking about, and he has been proven correct on everything. Hey, this train's left the station. Hey, the train's coming down the tracks. Hey, this is going to happen. You know, teams are going to basically say to somebody in in, in in their living room, we'll pay you this much to come to the University of fill in the blank. And they'll make them sign like a two, three-year deal with an option for a fourth. If they want to go to the pros, they'll have to give back some of their signing bonus or something like that. Seriously. If they want to go in the transfer portal, they'll have to give back the entire signing bonus. They'll have to pay back a school. That's what's coming, yeah. and that that there's going to be a, that maybe they turn the compliance officer into the chief financial officer. I don't know. Like, let's figure out. Like, because there won't be a cap. There's no cap, right? So they can earn whatever. Well, and the key and schools can pay whatever.
1: Well, pay whatever,
5: right? And then some school will look at the other one and say, you're paying that guy that now that just throws off our economic situation out of whack in the same way that one team looks at another team and says, why are you paying that guy in free agency? Yeah. Why are you breaking that barrier in free exactly. agency? Like that's coming to college athletics. Tough. And his answer is like, it's, you know, when, when it's like, well, that's only going to mean five or six teams are the only teams that can actually win, you know, um, an NCAA championship. He's like that's kind of the way it is right now, except in basketball. Do you think it would be, it would change? Like, would they would would you have to pay rookies better in the NBA in order to prevent them from staying in in college basketball? Like, would Zion have taken a pay cut to go from Duke to uh, the Pelicans? I'm serious. As the number one pick, probably
7: not, yeah. but maybe a later
5: first round pick. Like the way this is going, the way well, yeah. this is going, some members of an NCAA team will make more than a professional football player. That's a fact.
7: Probably. And you brought up a good example. Like the quarterback at Alabama will probably make more than the
5: fifth wide right out on Jacksonville. Jacksonville. Yeah. Or more than the first wide out of Jacksonville. I'm serious. Like some of these. <laughs> on a rookie deal. And, for I, and, sure. I, and, I, and I throw Jacksonville out of any team. any, even, any team. Like, any team, you know, yeah. Julio Jones is making what, 14 million bucks this year or something like that? Yeah, 15. Right. So at some point in our lifetime. Maybe not before Nick Saban retires, but if this thing continues to go on and go on and go on, no question, a quarterback at Alabama will make more than a top-paid wideout in uh, in the NFL. And then when they come in the NFL, they're going to have to take a pay cut. The NFL is not going to change their economic strategy. Well, and if and, and well, if Jay is right, and if Jay is right, like to say, hey, you know, this whole business of w- we can't draft anybody um, who who has been. <clears throat> Uh, until they're three years removed from high school, and he's just like, R- remove that. Just go ahead and draft anybody. Sophomore year, freshman year. I don't think the NFL will ever do that. And you know, what does that mean? So you're the NFL is going to start drafting eighteen year olds and figure out if they're worth their second contract before they're twenty one or twenty two. Like, no way. I don't see not the a NFL chance turning into the not NBA a chance, respect, no. not a chance. They're already having a tough enough time to figure out if somebody like Sam Darnold is worth it. Yeah. You know, you already have a tough enough time to sit here and go, okay, is Baker Mayfield worth a nine figure contract? Exactly. Yeah. If that happens, then you might see somebody draft a quarterback high and then swap them out for another one who's 21.
7: Hey, I'm also wondering like which positions could you could even do that with like maybe wide receiver defensive back, but like we've all been on, on the field for games. It's, it's, it's too fast, it's too physical for linemen, linebackers, that interior game to to throw an 18-year-old kid out
5: there. 19-year-old kid yeah. out on the NFL field oh. with a 32-year-old veteran Absolutely playing for not. the minimum because yeah. he's just been cut somewhere else and he needs to get a contract and his yeah. kids are going to school and he's got a mortgage. He's going to come take that 19-year-old apart.
7: That's how people get hurt, like seriously seriously hurt.
5: 844204 Rich number to doll I'm going to apologize to everybody sitting here in Southern California listening to us on the mightier 1090. Oh, okay. I'm going to already say, wherever you are across this country, if you're sitting in Southern California, I front load this apology. This is my New York roots talking. And I know you, on a text exchange with me last night, Christopher, took a little bit uh, offense is not the word. Uh, I wasn't offense, I just disagreed with you. You disagreed with me. Yeah, I just disagreed. There is no question if Shohei Ohtani was playing in the Bronx with pinstripes as opposed to playing in the Bronx the last two nights in an Angels road uniform, there's no question if he was a New York Yankee doing what he's doing for the Angels, doing what he did for the Angels in New York last two days, doing what he's been doing for the Angels the month of June, he would own half the world. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There is no mistaking the fact that Kevin Durant tweeted about him Monday night, and JJ Watt tweeted about him Tuesday night. There's no mis- There's no question in my mind. It's because he's playing in New York City. Durant came to see him. Durant came to see him. Well, he had the time. I know he had the time. <laughs> Durant, you know, but but we 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 haven't seen LeBron or or. I'll just say we haven't seen LeBron or Anthony Davis or any Lakers go down, you know, to down the five, at, to and you're Anahan, it, you know, yeah, like, you know what I'm saying? I like th- there and, and what he's what he's been doing the last two days he's been doing for the month uh, of June. And I know people on Twitter go crazy about it. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, But there is no greater stage than New York City. We're showing on the screen right here since the middle of June Ben Nicholson-Smith, you found this on Twitter, yeah, right? so
7: this, this got retweeted into my timeline last night. I couldn't believe it.
5: On June 15th uh, and 16th, he went back-to-back back with home runs. Then on June 17th, he won a ball game in which he gave up one run, striking out five and six and a third. The next night, he hit two home runs. The night after that, a home run, and then a home run after that. So he had um, – let me do this correct. From the 15th through the 20th, over a span of six days, he had – Six home runs and a win, and a win. on the mound. <laughs> yeah, and a win. Okay. Then he had off on June 21st. He went 0 for the next night. Oh, the mom. next night, he got a no decision, nine strikeouts and six innings pitched, off on my birthday last Thursday. Homered last Friday, went one for three last Saturday, and then the last three days, homer, homer, two home runs. That's what he's done, and we're talking about it, but the last two days have been particularly intense, showing you if he does it in the number one media market in the world, Angels fans are have to be thanking their lucky stars yeah. that he chose them. That he chose them. That he wanted to be on the left coast. I guess, what, closer to home? Or he wanted to be in a spot that didn't have a spotlight like a the number one media pressure, market maybe in, in Anaheim, the world. Yeah. They have to thank their lucky stars. Because he would truly, he would be on every commercial. He would be everywhere right now if he was in New York City. And he might have those opportunities now. And and, and I'm talking out of the wrong orifice right now. And, and also, he's just turning him down. I doubt it. Maybe. I'm just saying the conversation about Otani that is being had is not nearly as, as intense as it should be had based on what we are seeing. Yeah, this absolutely. is a unicorn. This is truly... Something that we will never see again. Now, you could also say they probably said that in the time of Babe Ruth, and now we're seeing in 2021, in the last couple of years, somebody like Otani.
4: That was okay, 100 so then, years ago. So then,
5: once a century. Yeah. What we are seeing, and certainly in this world of specialization, oh, you can't go three times through the order. Oh, you can't pitch one night and hit the next. You can't do that. You can't go in the home run derby. What a beautiful, beautiful sports baseball story this is, and this person on the screen that we're seeing pitching is, and it's going to reach an insane fever pitch tonight if, and I don't think it's if, I really believe it's when, he strikes out 12 Yankees tonight. Because the Yankees, despite their terrific performance last night after Brian Cashman, their general manager, said that they're playing like crap. He called it like he saw it. And they had a great performance last night. And Judge and Sanchez did their hitting. They have holes in their swings. And they cannot... Stay away from striking out. I think if Otani does what he's, I'm expecting him to, to do tonight, off the charts. Because he's doing it in Yankee Stadium. He's doing it in New York City. And what is he doing? He's stepping to the plate and he's reaching... The heights that we're all expecting him to—he's meeting expectations and surpassing him with the home runs he hit last night. Just missiles, missiles. Oh, they were—they were the whole what the fastest exit velocity ever measured by an angel. And he's doing it when we're expecting him to do it, and then he did it off of a frigging changeup that his body was in front of, but his hand stayed behind. Yeah, and he frigging laced it out, and he is unbe. And Angels fans are so lucky to have him. And I'll tell you what, I can only hope Trout comes back fast and these two back-to-back in the order, because he just set last night the Angels record. He just tied the Angels record for most home runs before an All-Star break, 28. He still has two weeks to go before the actual All-Star game, in which I hope he starts for the American League. And or at least
7: start a DH. He's the leading vote getter for DH.
5: The, he right should now. start. Well, you know, I, I know. know, I know you the, could. I know, I know you could give them me them somebody out. who has more wins and a better ERA, it. maybe. But it. come on, Midsummer Classic, start and hit. Let's go. Coming off of like, and, and I know it's dangerous. You know, he's coming off of a home run derby too. Right. But Trout and him in the same lineup. I can only hope for all of us that the Angels make. The playoffs because it would be amazing for the whole country to see this and for the whole country to see this done in the crucible of winner go home action. We deserve it. Angels fans deserve it. And I can't speak about it enough about what we are seeing on the baseball diamond. That's
7: that's why the the ball stuff and the pitchers. It's so sad because this is happening every night. Like just you saw his last two weeks, what Kyle Schwarber has been doing. By the way, Tatis. Like this is baseball has these amazing things happen every night, and we're talking about stupid pitchers and glue
5: and all that crap. It sucks. The swinging fire hydrant put another one out last night. He's got sixteen home runs in eighteen days. He hit a missile, Schwarber, yesterday. Let off the game again. Missile. Since June 15th. Look at that. He has 12 home runs, which is one more than Otani. <laughs> Swinging fire hydrant. This is unbelievable. He is a fi- Kyle Schwarber is a fire hydrant with arms and a bat.
7: And it's all because since he's moved to the leadoff spot, they made a lineup change and it's been working.
5: Yeah. <laughs> Terrific. Fun, 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 fun fun, fun, fun. And I, as a Yankee fan, am downright afraid to see what happens tonight. We're going to be watching. And he'll be hitting, too, right? You can't take his bat out of the lineup. Isn't that incredible? You're You're saying the starting pitcher is playing tonight, and you can't take his bat out of the lineup. (laughs) And And I haven't seen
7: a lineup yet. It's not out yet, um, but I
5: I would hope that Joe Maddon will uh, do it. He'll do it because it is Yankee Stadium, and it's New York City, and it's time, and the Angels have a unicorn, and the Angels have must-see television. The Angels have must-watch hit pitch in the home of... Babe Ruth, although the stadium is where you used to park to watch Babe Ruth play, but, you know, this is it. You know, the house that Teixeira built. (laughs) (laughs) Rich, I'm I'm glad you actually brought this up about
6: playing for the Yankees, because I I have a question for you guys, and I think I'll wait, because this is kind of long. I'll wait till after Tom Glavin. But I was having a phone call with a friend of mine yesterday, and it revolved around an all-time great. And like I said, I'll wait till after the Glavin, but... It, I'm glad you brought that up because I, I do have a question for you guys okay. about
5: about an all-time great, but an
6: all-time great and playing and and for the Yankees.
5: Right, how team. about go ahead, ask it. We'll put a pin in all it. Right, we'll pin it, and then it. we'll then we'll get to Glavin. So
6: last night I was having a phone call with my buddy Hal Haney, who does all the art here, okay, over here, and you know he's from Atlanta, so he's trying to get me to root for his Hawks, and I'm like, they they beat the Sixers, bro, chill. So I can't do that. So we start talking baseball. And uh, we're talking our Mount Rushmore baseball and Hank Aaron came up mm-hmm. who, you know, he's an Atlanta fan. I'm a big Hank Aaron fan. And we were both kind of talking about how we don't believe Hank Aaron gets the props he deserves as being an all time. Great. And then how kind of said, what if Hank Aaron was playing, played for the Yankees? Right. Like, he'd probably be considered the greatest Well, I, again, baseball and, and player that's why, of all time. That's
5: why I apologize to you know our listeners here in Southern California that you can't compare it. Even with the Dodgers, too, you cannot compare no. it. The Dodgers are a different organization here in town. And I understand people think this is a Dodger town over a Laker town. I would disagree, having lived here for 18 years. But the Dodgers are a special organization of that there is no doubt. They have a history in New York. That's part of what makes them special. They moved from New York to be... The people who planted a flag out here on the left coast, still playing in the same stadium, looking at those beautiful mountains, and they have a lush history with some of the best pitchers of all time, one of the best managers of all time, two of them, you could make a case. They have a lush history, but nothing compares to doing it in New York City. It truly is the song, the Sinatra song. It's a fact, and I'm sorry to say it if you feel like I'm being some sort of you know, Homer from my hometown. That's just the fact that if you can make it there, you can make it anywhere. That is an absolute fact. But I do believe, I mean, Hank Aaron, they they name, the, they name an award after him. And I, I hope people understand his greatness. But I would understand, obviously, if people think that, you know, he didn't get the run in Milwaukee and Atlanta. That is true. You probably would have gotten the, the run in New York. Yeah, I, think, about I that. think
6: you'd be having to say, when you look at the man's stats, you'd have to go, this might be the best... Baseball player
5: ever. Let's take a break. We've got Tom Glavin coming up next. He's playing in the American Century uh, Golf Championship that uh, Jay Billis is going to play in. How are we on the paint No Mind list with that? Yeah, come on. (laughs) Let's talk game time. Boy, do we love using game time tickets
0: what was your baseball game like my baseball game actually my baseball game was pretty good but i i couldn't i didn't play in high school i played like recreational league and um okay and i used to pitch pitch as yeah, yes, well pitch and hit yeah so what was your pitching game uh... the pitching game was pretty good i mean i didn't you know I, you top I, I had it it was a heavy ball i didn't know i had no idea what what I, how fast i was throwing huh but people used to say, man, you got a heavy ball. So when you we're watching you swing in Major League as Pedro Serrano, yeah. is that your swing? That's my swing. <gasps> oh, and I don't know if we ever talked about this, but okay. every ball I hit out, mm-hmm. I hit out, except not as far as they shot it out, because they had to reverse the camera. Hold on a second, Dennis Haysman. <laughs> how, many, how many home runs did you hit?
5: Well, I hit, Major League? well I
0: hit three in, in the movie, right? Mm-hmm. I think I hit three in the movie. I hit every one of them I hit out. Okay. And all the batting practice, you you. Oh uh, yeah, I used to hit. Oh yeah, I used to hit routinely. So, were you the best hitter uh, of all the actors? I would say so. I would say so. So Charlie and I were the only guys that could really play baseball. Um, Wesley was really athletic. Okay. And could run, but uh, wasn't much of a hitter. He couldn't hit. But but could Charlie hit? Or he was just Charlie could hit. And Charlie could pitch, but you went yard more than anybody else in the cast of, oh, yeah. of Major League, except for the you know, the guys, the, the baseball guys you, that are out there. <laughs> Actually, so who was the worst? Oh, I can't, I won't say yes, you can, time. you absolutely oh, can.
5: That
4: microphone
0: works. <laughs> Corbin Burnson, could he? Uh, Corbin was okay. Uh, I think Tom, um, Barrington was like maybe the no worst. No, yeah. I love you, Tom. <laughs> you know, he forced it out of me, man. Were
5: you superstitious as well? Are you a um, are you a superstitious guy?
0: Uh, no, uh, not really, so. but I realized how superstitious baseball players are. That is no of that. There is no doubt. I mean, I used to have a lot of guys come up to me. And say, you know, hey, man, we used to play this movie on the bus going to the game, uh-huh. and I, you know, set firecrackers off on my on our bats to <laughs> you know to wake them up. <laughs> Did anybody have rum? Did anyone incorporate to incorporate? They rum? started using that. I'm, a lot of guys said they're starting. Baseball getting, players, started yeah. Listening. Do you have any artifacts from the film anywhere? I just finally got a Joe doll. Okay. I don't have the original because I wanted to get rid of that because uh, you know that was voodoo I was practicing, <laughs> and I said, you know what, certain things you got to leave on the set. <laughs> <laughs> You know, and somebody took that, and I don't know where they are now because I haven't heard from them again. Right. So they, they took a voodoo doll, man. I said, okay. No kidding. No. So I, have a, I have a facsimile. You have a facsimile of Joe Jobu. All right, everybody.
5: Fun stuff. YouTube.com slash Rich Eisen Show for our entire show archives. Back here on the Rich Eisen Show, um, before we get to Glavin, who's, I believe, on hold, what, what was that um, stat you said about uh, Hank Aaron during the commercial break?
7: Oh, Chris? It's, it's it's crazy. Hank Aaron, if you if he never hit a home run in his whole career, 755, never hit a home run.
5: And you remove all his home runs. You remove through. all his home runs. He
6: still has 3,000 hits. That's <laughs> It's insane. It's really crazy. I mean, it's
4: unbelievable. I didn't
6: realize after that phone call, I started looking, yeah, and I'm like, Hank Karen, Aaron, number
5: one all-time RBIs. Take all his home runs out of Strollers. Zero. Still, he had
6: zero home If he was yeah. David
7: Eckstein, zero home David runs.
5: <laughs> <laughs> Hank Aaron, David Eckstein, <laughs> in the same sense. Well done, Chris. Well done. Is our next guest on the phone line? Yes, sir. He is in the Baseball Hall of Fame, two-time Cy Young Award winner who is going to be part of the American Century Celebrity Golf Championship taking place, as always, in beautiful South Lake Tahoe, Nevada at the Edgewood Tahoe on July 7th through the 11th. And you'll see it on NBC and more. Tom Glavin here on the Rich Eisenhower. How are you doing, Tom? I'm doing great,
3: Rich. How are you doing?
5: I am doing better for talking to you. How's your golf game? You ready for this? What's going on?
3: Uh, You know, it's... uh tell you this i'm hitting the ball really good at the moment scoring has been an issue so i got a few more days to work on that.
5: okay now let's be on let's go i'm just going to go straight butter here you smoltz and maddox the best player is who is it
3: uh smulty for sure okay but i understand his game's not good real good right now according uh, to him so he was he
5: was on last week and it. You know, I just i i i i'm a guy who can't concentrate playing golf at all. If I break 90, it really is cause to celebrate. So hearing somebody who probably gives shots back to the course complain about his game because he can't make the the you know the Champions Tour, it's it's literally the smallest violin playing for me. I'll be honest with you, Tom.
3: <laughs> I can't argue with you. I mean, you know, I mean. For all the things that we could be complaining about in life, he's complaining because, yeah, he can't make a senior tour in a sport that he's not a professional at. So, yeah, my goodness, I really feel bad for him.
5: Well, Tom, unfortunately, I think uh, the G-H-I-N or the G-I-N is public. What do you got over there, Chris? What do you got? Well,
3: I'm,
7: I'm seeing that Tom's checking in at a 2.8. Is that right, Tom?
3: Two point eight seems right. Yeah, so it's crept up a tiny bit. Wow. Yeah, that's about right. So yeah. what's Maddox then? Where's Where's Greg? He's, uh, I would say Greg and I are probably the same. He neck and I are neck. you know right around a three or a four handicap, and Smolty's a uh, you know scratch to a probably plus one or plus two.
5: So what was it like back in the day when Avery's starting and the three of you could go out and play golf while Avery had the had had the bump that night? What do you got was, for me?
3: I mean, it was great. The poor the poor guy who had the pitch that night. Um, <laughs> I mean, you just hope. You just hope you weren't playing Pine Valley or something like that. <laughs> you know? Just
5: to say, see you later. So, w- <laughs> exactly. w- were you were you playing golf regularly when when you were playing with those two guys? And just because I was hearing that that you guys would just go and you'd go out there and you'd you'd play some rounds of golf when you were not pitching. Did that happen frequently? We,
3: we, yeah, we played all the time. I mean, if we weren't pitching, we were playing. Um, other than maybe. A weekend series somewhere you know because weekends are always a little bit harder to get on the golf courses so oh, right um you know that was a little bit of a challenge but Smoltz was the absolute best at getting tee times and setting stuff up so you know it was yeah if we had a, a seven-day road trip and you know that included obviously a Saturday and a Sunday we probably played at least four days because we had to pitch one day
5: <sighs> so so Smoltz was the the golf concierge
3: Tom, He was. He was, yes. He was fantastic.
5: Give me your it. best story. What's your best story? Who you played with, who who, who rounded out a foursome one time, where Smoltz um, was
3: able to get you? I mean, we played with so many good guys over the years. I think, you know, I mean, look, one of our best golf trips was, you know, we landed at LaGuardia on a Sunday night mm-hmm. and walked out the back of the plane. Smoltz had a car waiting for us on the tarmac. We drove out to Long Island, Played uh, New York National in the morning on Monday. Yep, had lunch. Played Shinnecock in the afternoon. Yep, and then was back back in the city that night. So. That was a pretty good day. But, I mean, we played with so many guys. i mean, down there in Orlando when we moved over to Orlando for spring training. I mean, you know, Tiger was there. We played with him a bunch. Marco O'Meara, Paul Asinger. I mean, all those guys were down there. And Lee Jansen, we played with so many of those guys. It was a blast.
5: Oh, man. And plus, it doesn't matter if you, you know, when you're playing the Mets because Chipper pretty much had them in his bag anyway, right? Didn't matter.
3: Hey, yeah, yeah. All we, yeah. All we had to do was show, <laughs> make, sh- make sure Chipper was good and everything was good. But... <laughs> <laughs>
5: Oh, man. Um, what was the angriest you've ever seen Bobby Cox, Tom?
3: Um, I mean, you know, there were a couple. We had uh, a good one. I remember one time, um, you know, one of the big things with Bobby was, particularly as he came to uh, the bullpen, was, you know, don't ask him what your role is, you know. And it just it, <laughs> essentially it was, you know your role is to pitch when i tell you to pitch so we had gotten a guy over uh it was 1990 late 90 somewhere in there when bobby took over again on the on the bench and we had a long trip back from san francisco back to atlanta and one of our relievers i won't mention his name but he was complaining about you know how he was being used and whatever and you know, back in those days, you might have a beer or two on the charter on the way home. So we convinced them that when we got back to Atlanta, now mind you, that was like probably 5.30, 6 o'clock in the morning uh-huh. after an all-night flight, we convinced them it would be a good idea to go and talk to Bobby about his role when we got back to Atlanta. So needless to say, we were kind of all hovering around the outdoor, the outside of Bobby's office door uh, as, as this guy went in, and sure enough, it was a, a, an excursion expletive um, <laughs> conversation about essentially your role is, to, is when I pick up the phone and call down there and I tell you to get up it's your turn to pitch that's your role now get the hell out of here
4: <laughs> oh
5: see but but you're 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 listening through the keyhole pretty much right oh, trying to well, see uh, what...
3: that, back then we were still in Atlanta Fulton County Stadium oh, the real old stadium right. so Bobby's, Bobby's office kind of was at the end of a row of lockers so there was a little bit of a corner that you could hide behind that, that obscured Bobby's door to you uh so Bobby couldn't see you and we couldn't see him but we could hear everything so it was, it was priceless.
5: Uh, Tom Glavin here on the Rich Eisen show what do you think of uh the the in of pictures these days Tom for the spider tack and all the sticky stuff what do you think about what's yeah.
3: going on you know, look at I, I come down a little bit on both sides I I, I understand uh, the pitcher's uh, frustration a little bit that this is being done in the middle of the season. Um, that part I get, but at the same time, um, you know, I've said I, I, I don't think they have anybody to blame but themselves. Um, you know, I think everybody knew this was going on in the game to some extent, and and kind of turned a cheek to it, so to speak, um, and and kind of, I don't want to say hid, but kind of, you know, left it under the guys that. You know, if this helps guys have a little bit better command and we don't have guys getting hit in the head in the batter's box, then it's somewhat of a safety issue. Okay, we'll turn the cheek. But I think clearly, um, it got taken too far and I, I, I don't think Major League Baseball had much of a choice really to step in and do something about it. And, and so I think from that standpoint, um, it's, it's the player's fault because they did take it too far. Um, you know, they had somewhat of a, a gentleman's agreement, so to speak, that went too far. And, and, you know, I think baseball had to get it under control. And I, what are they going to do moving forward? I don't know. Um, you know, I've heard conversations about, well, maybe we need to allow them to use sunscreen or maybe we. So if, if there's a way to differentiate, the, you know, between spider tack and sunscreen yes. in terms of having a little bit of a grip versus, you know, really enhancing a guy's spin rate on a fastball or a curveball, then then I think that's going to be a discussion. I I personally just don't know how they go about doing that.
5: Yeah, we heard we had Don Mattingly on the show yesterday, Tom, and um, he's saying that that players, his his guys, would come back from the batter's box and just say that ball moved in a way that I've never seen in my entire life, and Don yeah, would say that hear, he would.
3: You hear guys say that, right? And when they and, and especially when they talk about spin rate, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and I know it's. Look, for all for guys like me who played the game, right, a lot of this analytical stuff is just putting numbers to what your eyes see. And, you know, I don't, I don't need a spin rate uh, meter, so to speak, to tell me if a guy has or threw a good curveball. You can see it. But certainly having spin rate, I think, helps the average fan understand the difference between a good curveball and a mediocre curveball. Now, as, as it relates to a fastball, I guess that's where spin rate um, – became more of an understanding for me when it came to the fastball, because you do hear guys talk about hitters seeing a fastball going to hit a fastball where they think it's going to end up based on gravity and all these things. And then because of the spin rate, it doesn't do that. It stays, it stays on plane. And and that's why guys are swinging and missing so much on high fastball. So I think there's something to that. How much of it? I don't know. Um, But I do, you know, I, I see all that, but, you know, it, it. You do. You see some pitches nowadays that you kind of are just like, wow, that was that was, you know. And I think you see some bad ones too, right? I mean, we've I've seen more in the games I've done this year, Rich. I've seen more fifty-five foot curveballs than I've seen in a long, long time, um, and I'm assuming that has something to do with, you know, the sticky stuff the guys have on their hands.
5: I I would think so for sure. Um, and so I guess last thing for you is is back in your day. Um, what was there always a concern about having a grip on the baseball as much as we're hearing about right now, Tom?
3: There's always yes. There's always been a concern about the grip. Um, I, I think that the conversation now is it's a little bit different, right? Like I know for for me, um, and I'll I'll speak for me. If I was going to go and when I pitched in New York um, or when I was in Atlanta, and you went to New York or you went to Chicago in April, it's cold. And when you're when it's cold and your hands are cold, it's hard to hold on to that baseball. So, yeah, you're always searching for something in in that scenario to try and have a better grip on the ball, not only to to command it, but to make it be able to make it spin and do the things you wanted it to do, whether it's making it spin on a curveball. Or for me to make it spin the way I wanted it to spin on my sinker and my changeup, knowing I was going to get the movement I'm looking for and the location ultimately that I'm looking for, we didn't define it back then in terms of of spin rate, right? We didn't we didn't think of it that way. Um, I think that's more a part of the conversation in today's game. But yeah, there's always that that desire, that fight, so to speak, that balance of man, it's cold out. I can't really feel my fingers. This ball feels like a snowball in my hand. Mm -hmm. I'm not really sure where it's going. Um, So, you know, yeah, you would try to find any way you could um, to keep a little bit of perspiration on your hand so you could grip that baseball.
5: Tom Glavin here on the Rich Eisen Show. He's going to be playing in the American Century Celebrity Golf Championship in Tahoe in a couple weeks. Just a few more minutes left with the Baseball Hall of Famer here on the Rich Eisen Show. Do you think we'll ever see somebody win 300 games again? Somebody's coming in the league right Um, now? Win 300 games? I,
3: I, I hate to say never. Um, I'm not a big, you know, I'm a never-say-never I'm never kind of guy. Um, but if you were asking me to bet on it, I would say no. Um, <sighs> and, and it's not because, not because there aren't guys in the game talented enough to do it. I mean, if you're going on pure talent alone, then Jake DeGrom's going to win 300 games. Right. Um, the problem is, the problem for the most part is, you got to pitch 20 years to win 300 games. And I just don't see anybody in today's game doing that. Like, I don't I don't see guys being able to stay healthy long enough to pitch for 20 years. You know, when you look at so many of the guys in today's game, you know, there are a lot of guys that are max effort guys, and there are some guys that aren't. But even a guy like Jake DeGrom, who I don't consider to be a max effort guy, I love his delivery, I think everything's kind of smooth and easy, and, and it comes out 100 miles an hour. You, you're seeing this year, and I hope it doesn't amount to anything, but you're seeing this year he's, he's had a little bit of issues here and there. He's had some dings and some dents a little bit this year. Uh, so to think that he's going to be able to pitch at this level for 15 more years, throwing as hard as he does, that's the part for me that I just don't see anybody staying healthy long enough to do it. And then you, on the flip side of that, you know, you start talking about guys who are max effort guys. There's no way your body's holding up for 20 years, so I, I think that's the big thing. It's it's not talent. There are guys that have plenty of talent to do it. I just don't think their bodies are going to hold up for 20 years.
5: Before I let you go, Tom, uh, I've worked with him. I've gotten to know him. I love him. He's one of my favorite people. I've gotten to meet. Give me your favorite Dion Sanders story. You got one for me, Tom? When you I were tell out? you
3: what, Dion, I, I took, I'll just say this about Dion. When when we traded for Dion, I I was probably amongst the guys who were like, "What are we doing?" Right. Um. I couldn't have been more wrong about Dion. Dion was a great teammate. Uh, he would give you the shirt off his back. Yep. Uh, but Dion was the first, um, and and really one of the best at understanding how to market Dion and how to market primetime. I mm-hmm. mean, Dion in the clubhouse with the guys was just a funny guy, a fun loving guy. And when that red light went on and it was in front of him, it <laughs> was it was primetime. And he he was really other than maybe Muhammad Ali. Uh, he was the first guy that I saw that really knew how to do that. And, you know, like I said, I think he maybe took a little bit of a bad rap at times, but uh, he, look, he was a great teammate. He was fun to be around, um, you know, doing everything that he did, playing football, playing baseball. the whole. I still think he would have been a hell of a baseball player if he spent more time doing it, but uh, he was pretty darn good at
5: football. Well, Tom, uh, you know, obviously um, you you had a front row seat for this, you know, had had uh you know you guys won the world series the one in which he was playing with you he he could have been mvp of that world series tom
3: he no he wouldn't have i would have <laughs> <laughs> my uh,
5: bad tom my bad he would have been in the running so let me let me rephrase that he would have been in the go. running he would have been in the running for fair enough mvp yeah. of the world series <laughs> I love it. There is no statute of limitation on pride. There is none.
3: That's right.
5: 100%. <laughs> that is hilarious. All right. So, do you, do you know who you're paired with uh, in Tahoe yet, or do you find out when you arrive? Do you know that yet?
3: No, we find out when we get there. Generally, they'll have me, Smulzy, and Maddox on day one, and then, uh, you know, Smulzy will be amongst the leaders, and he'll go to another group, and Greg and I will be towards the back somewhere this year but i'm hoping to change that
5: towards the back i mean you're not going to be paired with barkley
3: tom let's no, be honest no no not that far back maybe the middle <laughs> of the bus not the back of the bus
5: take care of yourself tom glavin i really appreciate the time let's do this more often uh I, i'm uh, i miss talking to you i, I barely yeah. just scratched the surface on the stories that you could tell appreciate I'd
4: it i'd love
3: to do it you know where to find me now so anytime
5: i appreciate that that's tom glavin hall of famer man in cooperstown two times cy young award winner right here on the rich Eisen show I gotta look at those '92 World Series numbers to back see, because I know Dion's numbers were were lit. You have some numbers over there. You were yeah, compiling I have some numbers. Oh, wow. uh,
7: yeah, we're talking about 300 game winners. Uh, if we ever think that number will be reached again, I personally don't. Just not the way baseball is done now. If you're wondering who's active, that's
5: close. Okay. It's not close.
7: Justin Verlander is 38. He has 226
5: career wins. And he's hurt. I don't think he's going to add to that anytime soon. Zach
7: Greinke, also uh, 37. He's got 216 wins. By the way, Zach
5: Greinke's been in the league
7: a long time. Long time. He's 37. Okay. And he's 10 behind Verlander. They're the only two over 200 active at the moment. Mm -hmm. John Lester is 37. He has 194. Yeah, he's not getting there. Clayton Kershaw is 184. He's only 33. He'd have to pitch for a long time. Uh, Max Scherzer, one eighty-two. He's thirty-six. Adam Wainwright has one seventy-three. Yeah, no He's thirty-nine. Now, of the young dominant pitchers going on right now, two guys who are thirty. Garrett Cole has hundred and nine wins. No, yeah, that's not happening. Trevor Bauer has eighty-three
5: wins. Well, you know who knows what's going on with Trevor Bauer? Forget it. That's it. It's not happening. Three hundred is a wrap. Two hundred
6: is a new three hundred.
5: Well, that's too bad. It's too bad. Randy Johnson the last yeah. 300 uh, game winner. Last one to win his 300th game 2009. Crazy. I mean, why is it just because cuz they're just going to pull someone in the 5th inning and
7: Guys get pulled out to the 5th, yeah. Well,
5: and 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 therefore Think about how many games are lost
4: in the 6th, 7th. Right, 6th,
5: 7th and 8th. Yeah, somebody yeah. gets a no decision. Eh. Because they they're they're out before the way before the 7th inning.
7: And I think now, just with all the analytics in baseball, good and bad, it's a different way to look at their effectiveness and how good they are. Take someone like Jacob DeGrom. Doesn't win a lot of games, but we know how good that dude is. Right. So wins kind of don't matter as much.
5: All right, we'll take a break. Come on back, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to take a look at the 92 World Series numbers in the, in, in the commercial break, and I will render my judgment <laughs> Ooh, when we come great, back. Great response. <laughs> and then, of course, you guys haven't asked me about Curb. Huh. It's coming up. Ooh. in-store. And now save 40% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time for JD Power 2023 award information. Visit jdpower.com/awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com.
7: Check out our new NBA show Beyond the Arc
2: When we made Apollo 13, we filmed on a uh, zero g airplane mm-hmm. uh, that NASA has for training um, astronauts in, in zero gravity, and uh, it's it's a pretty cool thing. You you it's a regular airplane. You fly out over the Gulf of Mexico and you climb and you dive. I don't know if you and I have ever talked about it, but nope. it is it's a really extreme way to uh, get zero gravity. Because as you go over the top of this, uh, what they call a parabola, it's like being on a roller coaster. You float for uh, 25 seconds, and w- w- they actually built our sets up there, and we shot a lot of uh, the zero g stuff, actually in zero g while flying out in this in this crazy plane. They call the vomit comet because it's incredibly uh, <laughs> nauseating. Yeah, and uh, there was a whole bunch of behind the scenes footage that I found. Of uh, myself and Hanks and uh, the late great Bill Paxton and and Ron Howard, you know, floating around as he directs and and us, you know, doing flips and and you know drinking out of the air and stuff like that it was it was kind of like what was happening off the set, you yeah. know, and that was really fun. To no see. kidding. So
5: and that's that's something was on a VHS tape that you found. That's where it was. Yeah, it was.
2: Yeah, it was on a VHS tape. And in fact, I sent it. To, uh, to to Ron and I don't think he had it, so I you know I had, I had a transfer and, and got it over there. No, you
5: had to transfer. I mean, you still have your own copy. I mean, you had a transfer. I a, yeah, I have
2: oh, a tape.
5: Okay. Yeah, fantastic.
1: Yeah. Apollo thirteen was was tremendous. We got to do all kinds of cool things. You know, we went up in the uh, KC one thirty five uh, training plane, which is it's a tanker a KC one thirty five tanker. They call it the Vomit Comet. And they've got they've got it all carved out inside. There's only a few seats in the back. Everything's padded, and they drop you into zero gravity for about twenty five minutes uh, twenty five seconds. And uh, we got to float around in there together. Well, so started. who handled it the best? I uh, well, why don't we just say who handled it the worst? The worst. <laughs> okay, so who handled it the worst? You and it was me. Yeah. There's there's a funny picture in the book uh, where you see uh, uh, when you go when you go up you get you get flight suits. Mm-hmm. And they, they, you have pockets here, one pocket here, and one pocket here, and they, uh, they'll give you two little plastic bags, mm-hmm. just in case you need them. Ah. <laughs> and there's only one guy who comes back with one plastic bag, and that was me. <laughs> that would
5: be you, and uh, you amazing yeah i'm looking through some of these photographs yeah. there
1: there you are as truman which yeah, is you see all of us there we all have two plastic bags in our pocket there yeah the top right right there and then right underneath i'm coming down the stairs after the plane mm-hmm. after the plane lands and i've got one missing fantastic <laughs> apollo
5: 13 in studio in theaters near you 26 years ago today for the first time Apollo 13, 26-year anniversary of that great movie. Wow. I love Apollo 13.
1: Oh, so do I. That's a remote Ron drive. Howard
5: made some great movie, movies, man. and That's that is one drive. of my favorite ones. Immediately. I haven't seen that in a while.
1: Mega cast, That may too. actually
5: be on the DVR sitting at home. I don't know great why movies. I did this, okay? I don't know why I did this. As you know, I'm flying solo at home these days. Good for you. Uh, wow. I don't know what I'm doing with my time. It's incredible. I, now that my time is my own for the moment enjoy this rich <laughs> but i i i uh i don't know why i don't know why i did i watched um i rented because it wasn't on any oh any, you paid the 2.99 $2. Yeah, and yeah, rented yeah. something oh, hey hunt for red october oh, oh great nice movie. great movie just in the mood for some i was in the mood for some great movie connery, some ball, connery winning, ball yeah yeah movie. yeah scott glenn with a, gla- with a glass of red with you. Oh, yeah. Uh, several, yeah, sure. several, yeah. <laughs> That's
2: a great movie. Yeah.
5: James Earl Jones. a lot <laughs> of Courtney B. Vance. Oof. He's been on the show talking about it. Yeah, great flick. I don't know why I did that. It's Pavarotti, not Paganini. So, yeah, I remember. <laughs> I so that. I uh, I looked it up. 1992 World Series. Blue Jays won four games to two. And I said to Tom Glavin, if... If you guys had won that, if the Braves had beaten the Blue Jays instead of the other way around, Dion would have been the MVP. And he goes, No, I would have
7: been. No, nah, I would have been. <laughs> Quickly, so, too. He snap, snap called snap you. Snap called me. Snap, snap called, called me like he had the nuts.
5: <laughs> and um, so, Dion, in that World Series, in the 1992 World Series against the Blue Jays, was awesome. Eight for 15. He hit 533 in that World Series. Four runs, two doubles, five stolen bases. He was a machine. Basically standing on second base. Can you imagine what that's like having somebody just, you know, on second base? Just watching extra 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 in the game. game. (laughs) I know, right? Tom Glavin started games one and four of that six-game World Series. He won game one beating Jack Morris, lost two to one in game four against Jimmy Key, complete games in both. And probably would have pitched game seven, right? Game he he if he there had been game one, he beat Jack Morris, complete game, the four hitter, as they say. Yeah. Um scattered. Well, he, sorry, he scattered, scattered four hits because he gave up one run. It was a home run to Joe Carter. Oh wow. And he lost game four to Jimmy Key two, game, two to one. So, there you have it. Do you know who was the MVP of that World Series? Let's see.
7: 1992? The Blue
5: Jays won it. Don't look it up. I'm not going to look it up.
7: Someone you wouldn't expect. That right? is correct. So like, like Devon White or Tony Fernandez?
5: You would be incorrect. Jesse Barfield? Uh, Mr. Hopkins, in my ear, from back in, the, um, in the, uh, the producer's area, I guess. I don't know. The office? He's correct. He got it right. Pat Borders, the catcher. Pat Borders. He went 9 of 20, and he hit a, a, a solo shot off of Glavin in that game four that really wow. turned things around. Wow. Yep, Pat Borders Jeez. was the MVP. A name you haven't thought of. I have of not. Any, I mean, it could have been any of the Whamco, yeah, right? White, years. Alomar, Olerud. Could have been any of them.
7: Yeah, 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 Wow.
5: Could have been any of them. Whamco. Pat yep. was on that team, right? I don't think so. I think that predates my, my Pat Hankin. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Tom Henke was closing the games. Tom Henke, yep. Juan Guzman battled it yeah, out in Guzman. game three. Smoltz got one robbed from him, too.
7: David Cohn on that team.
5: Yeah. Cone. Cone got. And out In game two. Yep. I looked it up in the commercial breaks. Wow. Oh, yeah. And by the way, like both, was that in game three? I think Guzman and Smoltz each went um, eight innings or seven in, I mean, like, come on.
7: Yeah, that just doesn't happen. Seven now. and a and third, that's, and that's eight
5: of what our innings, point complete is. game,
7: yeah. and that's our point. You're not going to see two guys go complete game, two right. one in the World Series. It's kind of too bad.
5: Fun show, Dan Patrick, Jay Billis, in studio, Tom Glavin. If you missed any of it, go to our YouTube page, youtube.com/slash Rich Eisen Show, or you can watch us re-air right here on NBC Sports on Peacock. Get our podcast as well on the Cumulus Podcast Network.
7: Okay, get to it. What what can we what can we to talk about what can you divulge about the about, about, about what about what the curb viewing to? that happened yesterday, so in yesterday, the like yesterday? what went
5: down? Yesterday, uh, after the show, the the cool one of the coolest clubs in the history of Los Angeles, California, um, got together. Everybody got the call from uh, either Larry David or Jeff Schaefer. Can you say who's in the room? Larry was there and Jeff was there and just friends of LD and
7: okay. Anybody, no names you want to drop? No,
5: I'm just, I I don't know how much. Are they
7: worthy of dropping or you just don't want to do it.
5: Um, I, I, I don't want to sit here and say and denigrate anybody that they're not worthy of being dropped. It's just, they're people that, that Larry trusts. Okay. And Jeff Schaefer trusts.
7: Would we know them? No. Okay.
5: That's all I need to know. No. And you're in a, you're in a room. Everyone got COVID tested. We're all good. All right. We're all clear. And they press play. And episode one episode or just one, a random episode? Episode one of okay. the new season of Curb spooled. So this would be the what, screen. Is this
7: season 12 or 13? Was I don't know. 1301? I don't it know. It is?
5: So what questions do you want to know?
7: Uh, did it meet expectations? Because expectations are high. Yes.
5: Yes, I, I ex- mean, yes you're you agreeing mean,
7: with me that expectations are high, or <laughs> yes, it met them.
5: What That's did you it. think I meant by it?
7: Well, you, it was a quick answer. You didn't really let me finish. Yes. Okay. I mean, that's I mean, that says it all.
6: I can't wait for the next
7: TJ, season.
5: you were going at me during the during the show. You're like, I know you're not going to say anything, so tell me anything off the air. Right? Yeah. And you still you you haven't told me anything. <laughs> Rich. Well, all I have to say was you went an entire month having played a pricing game on The Price is Right and let us wonder if you Ooh. played it or not. Yeah, but I had, had to... Even
6: Okay. So what do well, I? You didn't have what, to. What about you, I had you didn't legal, have to. I had legal ramifications. You did not. You just had personal. What you could have easily told us off the air. What you did. I could have, but with master key and the middle key and all of that. <laughs> but then I would have <laughs> forfeited my chance to win the prizes. Oh, what do you have? Is oh, that a prize got. package? Oh, oh, it's oh, not oh, the package. Oh, I was sitting oh. here because this is what they give you after the show. Oh. So I'm looking through my AOP. That's acknowledgement of prices for those of you that don't know okay. prizes. Those of you don't Probably. know. Yeah. And I'm just trying to figure out when I can expect my price. So when
5: can you expect
6: your price? It just says within 90 days of air date. I mean, okay, so you know, by 90 days of
7: air date, so, so that's May 4th. May 4th May so by uh, August 4th,
6: August 4th, by at the latest, I would assume. Ping pong yeah. table and popcorn, popcorn machine, machine. In here on the, the Rich Eisen show for in time for football season. But right here, Rich, within the, you know this legal ease, I should have had Jay Billis look at this. If I would have said anything, I would. Yeah, have but we lost. wouldn't have told anybody. I don't know, right, man. Done. Don't, don't, you, don't, you'll, you'll, you lost. We don't care anymore.
5: I didn't know it was um, I, I
6: won.
7: You jerk. I keep bigger secrets than you think. I don't what's know. the what's I the, the theme? Is there an overall theme to this season because yes. you know Okay. Uh-oh. COVID,
5: can, can mask, I can't. A yeah, um, new that. way of life? You I'm not going to I'm that. not going to okay. say. No.
7: Uh, sporting events at all in this episode?
5: I don't want to, I honestly, I, I, they probably us. don't want me to give a damn thing is away. Is the coffee shop, has it been rebuilt? Yeah, because yeah, they, yeah, yeah, spoiler alert,
6: it burnt down at I, the end of I, last I, season. I,
5: I can't, t- I, I will not oh. tell you anything about
6: so the coffee. So essentially content. what I said at the beginning of the show, you're not going to tell us anything.
5: How'd you like, tell you me, can't. To, as Shaq used to say, tell me how that tastes. I mean, look, this isn't about me right now. This is about <laughs> Are you and your experience. all the main characters back. in the episode? Alive. Are all of them in the episode? Just the ones that we're used
4: to.
7: Yeah.
5: He used to sing. Um, I will say this: the familiar faces that you wanted to see are in the episode. Are we lamping? T- I dancing I, I, I want to say, I, I, say I, I can't confirm I can't, or deny. Joe? Anything. Moka I can't Joe. confirm or deny anything. And you only saw All one episode, I will right? Tell you is that it was great I can't to wait. see. I can't wait. The band back together. I cannot wait. Do you know an air date when the yeah, series? I was, start? Say, oh, I was told. I was told when to expect it. October? I'm not going to tell you that.
6: I mean, I can go on on HBO.com and find it. I don't know if you can, actually. I don't
5: don't think you can. So you do know this, though? I just think, let's just say, you will see the first episode of Curb before you figure out if the Cowboys season is going to be working out.
6: (laughs) (laughs) Will I have my popcorn maker by then? Is the question. (laughs) Curb spoilers, you're over.
4: The Jets have a win by then. Well
5: done. (laughs) (laughs) See you Thursday.